Profiles in Teaching with Technology is a podcast series created by Music First, a company dedicated to providing world-class cloud-based tools, content, and classroom management platforms to music teachers around the world. Each episode features a K-12 music educator who uses technology to enhance their teaching in innovative ways. We'll discuss the what, why, and how of their technology integration and hopefully share some teaching strategies that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. Latasha Castorlo-Lala is a proud product of the Passaic Public Schools in New Jersey. She attended Montclair State University where she earned a Bachelor of Arts in Music Education, immediately followed by earning a Master of Arts in Counseling, Human Development, and Guidance in 2003. Latasha began teaching in her hometown as an elementary music educator for the next three years. Her journey led her to attain a Master of Arts in Administration and Supervision from Montclair State University in 2007. Latasha served as an elementary general music teacher for five amazing years. In 2013, Latasha was appointed as the Supervisor of Gifted and Talented for the Passaic Public Schools, where she implemented the district's first Saturday Enrichment Academy for 350 students and led the district's Jump into Summer program servicing over 5,000 students. Latasha was selected as the founding assistant principal at the Passaic Gifted and Talented Academy, the city's first magnet school, in 2015. Since 2017, Latasha has served as a supervisor of visual and performing arts. She has worked to revive the theater arts program in three high schools, introduce the arts integration, implement modern band in seven schools, and launch three state-approved career and technical education arts programs in music technology, digital arts, and theater arts. She is a recent graduate of the Educational Closet Arts Integration Certification Program, and she is currently enrolled in the Seton Hall University Executive Doctoral Educational Leadership Executive Program. It is my great pleasure to welcome Latasha to this week's episode. So I am very pleased this week uh, to welcome a very uh, fine music educator from the beautiful state of New Jersey, Latasha Castorlo-Lala, who I've known for quite a while, and then more recently we, we became uh, reacquainted. Latasha, welcome to the show, and thanks very much for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you so much, Jim, for having me on the show. This is exciting. Very cool. Um, first of all, your session uh, back in at the end of July at our big conference was, was a big hit. I think a lot of teachers were really interested to hear from the administrator side, you know, what, you know how you were going to be dealing with this whole COVID thing. But before we get into all of that, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your path from, you know, being, uh, I think you went to Montclair State as your undergrad fellow alum uh, to where you are now. Uh, so, yeah, just trace through the path of your music ed career. Sure. So it's a, it's a good one. So I started out, um, I was uh, a kid. I grew up in Passaic, New Jersey and participated with everything, uh, music, uh, choir, band, orchestra, and decided when I went to college that, okay, I think I really want to do this. I want to be a music educator. So I, I went to Montclair State 
and had you know five and a half glorious years uh, there studying. Um, and my major instrument was voice. And um, when I came out, uh, I had a really interesting student ex um, teaching experience, which, you know, to date myself was in 2001, in the fall of 2001. Oh, so, my. Okay. Yeah. So you can remember that Absolutely. that was, of course, here, September 11th. It was a really interesting time. Um, so came out and said and, and got a great opportunity and wind up kind of leaving uh, the profession. I went to get my master's. Um, I was able to get a, a great assistantship at Montclair um, and started going down a different path for a little bit and eventually came back to Jersey and said, no, I, I definitely want to teach. So I was lucky enough to get a job in Passaic Public Schools, which is my hometown. Oh, wow. That's so cool. It was. And I actually taught at my elementary school. Oh, my goodness. That is, so, that is very cool. It was great because teachers who were like my, my teachers were now my colleagues and they were amazing and supportive and wonderful. So I taught there for a couple of years and like many, um, my job was cut. <laughs> so oh, wow. uh, because my job was cut, um, I had to go into teaching uh, as an elementary school teacher. So, you know, the time I had it at, at school one um, in Passaic, I taught choral and general music. It was amazing. And I kind of kept doing it, even though I wasn't the music teacher at that point. So I kind of helped out and, and with the program um, in my other capacity. And, you know, we did lots of programs for different uh, cultural festivals, things in the building, graduation. I, I always kind of stayed close uh, with my ties to, as a music educator. And then uh, I got a great opportunity to be the supervisor of Gifted and Talented for our district. And I kind of transitioned into that role. I was out of the classroom. But it was great because as a leader, you kind of get to decide what's kind of going on in a yep. classroom. So um, I really worked uh, to create our first Saturday Academy program where students were getting um, enrichment um, for the arts, as well as, you know, ELA, math, uh, social studies, uh, science, STEM, just really trying to broaden that. And then worked on our first uh, summer um, program. We call it Jump Into Summer and really started to offer amazing opportunities so students could learn beyond what they did just in the eight to three uh, window. We have programs on Saturdays from eight to 11, and then we have programs on in the summer, uh, basically July into August. So really trying to kind of keep that. So I was in that position for a while. Then I actually became the assistant principal of our first gifted and talented academy in the district. So wow. I had I had the opportunity to work as a school leader and have, I think, um, a more concentrated impact um, with our, our new program. And our program was very unique. So we um, acknowledge giftedness um, in four different levels in this particular building, academics, physical education, visual arts, and performing arts, which included dance, theater, and music. Awesome. So, so this concentrated program, which I was honored to help build, really allowed students to go way beyond what they could do by their chronological age. Like if you had the ability, the drive, and the talent, then our, our team would push forward with that. So I did that for a while, which was amazing um, with a great team of, of teachers and staff members. And then my amazing colleague, um, who was my predecessor, said, I I'm retiring. And so the supervisor of visual and performing arts position came available. I applied and I was, you know, I was lucky enough to be selected. So I've been in this role now 
uh, I think February will be five years. Wow. So, so you, your, had, your entire career has been in the district that you grew up in. Yes, it's really, uh, it's interesting, right? Because like, it's like being home, yep. but the town is not the same. Like the town, like all towns, all spaces and places evolve. And it's been awesome to see the evolution uh, from when I was a student to my the evolution even as a professional it's it's shifted and changed so much in that time frame too and to make sure that we continue to meet the needs um, of our students our staff members and and really the way that education has changed which is dramatic in the last you know 10 years absolutely so the one thing that i pulled out of this the, the of your your path there latasha and and it's a very very unique one uh, is the fact that you got riffed or let go as a music teacher, but rather than saying, you know, that's it, I'm out of here, you got a job as, an, as a classroom teacher, still doing music on the side, but like, all right, look, if I, if I can't be a music teacher, quote unquote, full time, I'm going to be a teacher. And then you, you basically got back to music, you know, all through a, secure, a circuitous route, if you will, but mm -hmm. you got back to it and now you're now that you're ahead of the whole department. It's a very, you know, I think a lot of music teachers, if their position was cut, would immediately yeah. cry and then go and, you know, start looking for jobs in other places. I would imagine because of the timing of when you graduated, it was around the recession time, 2007, 2008, when there was a huge layoff uh, of music teachers in the United, in New Jersey specifically. Is, there, is that timing right? So it was. So I, I had come in, I think I started working 2004, right? So I had yep. three or four years as a, as a teacher. And it was where there was these major cuts. And um, I mean, I have to tell you, it was a surprise because I wasn't, I wasn't even in the country when I found out. I was oh out of the country. Goodness. And my husband's from Barbados. So we were there visiting family. And somebody texted me, you're going to be a grade three teacher. What are you talking about? Oh my and, God. Oh my, like, you know, of course it turned upside down, but you know, I tell my team and I tell everybody, like, I always believe in the power of the certification, right? So, no question. you know, have more than one. And I know we're committed to the craft and you can be committed to the craft, but there are so many amazing ways that you can impact. So when I came out of um, teaching music and I wind up being a third grade teacher and listen, I'm talking at that time, like NJ ask and all that that yep. good fun back then, oh, lots I fun. was still doing programs. So I would write the plays and coordinate and direct it for Black History Month, uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. If we wanted to do something for graduation, I would support my former colleague who was a music teacher who was now had the whole boat under his umbrella. And I would just say, listen, we can keep doing things. And I think that that's something that we have to remember as music teachers, like you get into this to create music. And sometimes creating it is not from eight to three. Sometimes it's after yep. and sometimes it's before school. And like, we've got to keep that, that mindset because we are the ones who are the holders of making sure people see how critical and important and how valuable it is. And if we get discouraged in that, then we lose everything. Yeah. And for, for our listeners that, that may not know where Passaic is or what kind of community it is, um, you know, Montclair State's right around the corner, but from mm -hmm. geographically for everyone, Passaic sure. is like right in the northern part of New Jersey. It would be considered a, a pretty much an urban district. 
Yes. It is about 12 to 15 miles due west of New York City. It, it actually has an incredible musical history. The Capitol Theater in Passaic, New Jersey is one of the rock palaces of, yes. of, of all time. I don't think it's there anymore, but no. it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's a vibrant community. It's a river community. And, yes. um, you know, it's got its challenges just like many places. But just from a, from a geographical standpoint, my, my first year of teaching was in Irvington, about, you know, 15 yeah. miles south of Passaic. But um, there's a whole string of very similar cities in New Jersey, very similar, like Newark and Patterson and mm -hmm. you know, all that kind of right smack in that middle part of the northern section of Jersey, just so everyone knows where Passaic yeah. is. It's an awesome town. And we have a rich history. Like most people don't know, the Shirelles are from Passaic, New Jersey. Oh, wow. Very yeah, cool. David Cole from CNC Music Factory from Passaic, New Jersey. We oh. have some incredible folks who you know born here some people born and raised some people born here and then of course moved on um throughout the country but we have a really rich history and we're a district that has had consistent music in our education for over 50 years oh, that's awesome so latasha why don't you tell us about the music program specifically in the passaic public schools you're you know you're the head of it what what is the vision what do you do what 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 do the students have access to in passaic Sure. So we have a really diverse and rich program, um, and I'm really committed to make sure that for our program, the vision reflects, um, I think, foundations of music and also embraces the diversity that music offers us uh, worldwide. So uh, we have a program that goes from K to 12. So our elementary program, which is we consider our K to 8 program, um, we have general music for all of our students. They get exposed once a week uh, to general music. And our program is a genre-based program that then focuses on elements of music. We teach our students through different genres. Um, most of the genres that we focus on are from 1950 to present day. Um, and we use that with the foundations of music and classical music to help students see that classical really isn't as far off from the things that they love to listen to as they may think. Love it. Love it. Yeah, we really are working hard on that. And we're also making sure that in our, our launch, um, we are highlighting all types of diversity. So uh, think about gender, culture, race, ethnicity, um, language. We want students to understand that the music that they listen to, even if they choose one, one only, I mean, one genre, it's plenty and it connects so well to other genres that maybe they have not been exposed to. Yeah. So we, we focus on rock, pop, hip hop, jazz, um, and we go really deep, actually. We don't just go rock as an overview. We do indie rock. We talk about um, smooth jazz, cool jazz. We really want students to hear when they're anywhere in the world, the way that music surrounds them. We want them to be able to identify that and understand what elements that we want them to learn from there. So we also run um, a really vibrant instrumental program. So our instrumental program starts at grade four. And we offer concert band, um, orchestra, modern band. Uh, we have just adopted modern band about two or three years ago. Um, we, we're uh, working with Little Kids Rock. Yep. And I thought it was really essential to have this because honestly, when I arrived to the position um, as the supervisor of visual performing arts, we were beginning to see a dip in participation. And so um, I really wanted to look at what that meant and why that 
was happening. And I realized that it wasn't a Passaic, New Jersey issue. It was a national issue. And the issue is that there's so much choice for our amazing kids these days. Like there was never this much choice when I was a kid, but they can do travel sports. They can do music, dance, arts, theaters, um, STEM related things. So what we found was um, we weren't the only gig in town anymore. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> you know, so we really had to come take a step back and really think strategically about how can we get more students in? And we knew that although we had 10% of our population in those grades participating, 100% of our students are listening to music. Absolutely. So we have to say, okay, well, how can we help to reach those other 90% that we're not currently reaching? So we, we came together with Modern Band. And so for us as a district, we consider Modern Band, that's anything except for the three traditionals, which is concert band, orchestral, or like traditional choral music. So we are really promoting that. We have six schools that are launching it for us right now. And we're working hard to get students to participate in Latin jazz, um, hip hop groups, R&B groups. We're trying to do barbershop quartets, really trying to help students understand that there's not one type of music, but it's what you choose to make it. And you can create it in any way you want. And we know as a, a vibrant city, we have tons of families who are out there performing, DJing, doing all types of stuff. We want to have what the world offers musically reflected in our classrooms so that students understand that, you know, if you play classical, that's not any better than if you decide to DJ. It's all equitable and it's all good because at the end, you're still sharing music. That's just fantastic. I mean, you're, the students are, are very, very lucky. <laughs> Uh, to have uh, you with that kind of vision for, because I could not possibly agree more with you on everything you just said, Natasha. So well done and, and hats off to you. So how Wait, many- there's more. There's more. Oh, let's hear it. Okay. <laughs> we have a choral program, orchestral program, and then of course the program that right now we are launched is our music technology program. So we are an approved um, career and technical education site by the state of New Jersey, and we have a full music tech program. Um, it's a three-year program where students participate. They learn how to create their own tracks and we really put a huge emphasis on composition and teaching them about music theory through this program. Um, then we teach them about the business um, of music, how to have their own online platforms, how to manage them, promotion. And then we also teach our students um, how to DJ. We have them on, you know, pioneer <laughs> DJ sets. We want really? them to know. Yeah, we want them to be able to walk out the door and make money. Because in my vision, um, I think I want my kids to walk out with income producing skills. So if my student says, hey, I love DJing, I can DJ and make $300 a weekend. That's a lot, you know, for me, I think about that diversity of versus a student maybe having to have to do another job that's going to take how long to make that same amount of money. That exactly. DJ said is three, three hours, right? There are other jobs you got to work 20 hours. So we want to make sure that we give students those options because students are seeing the life of, the, of these um, artists. And my husband, like shameless plug, my husband is a musician. He makes like house music and he's got tons of friends that are our friends. And no, they don't have a degree, um, but they're making significant money and they have a living and they have a status um, in the world. And I think that, you know, as, as music educators, I have to celebrate that just as much as I celebrate the student who is a classical trombonist. 
it's, it requires equal recognition. So we're doing that. And we have an amazing marching band, which has had national titles. Like we really try to offer a well-rounded program and it's not easy, but we're doing it. Very, very cool. Such a great, uh, I, I hope, I hope the listeners are smiling as big as I am. That it's such a great uh, vision, Latasha. Well done. So, the million dollar question now to, to kind of steer things. Uh, you know, before we get into the, you know, I you're just bringing music first into the program, which we're really thrilled to be partnering with you on that. But I'd love to hear what when when March 13th hit, and and schools shut down. I don't know if that was the same day in in Passaic. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, what is going on in Passaic right now? How are, how are teachers dealing with this? Is it blended? Is it in person? Is it virtual? Just, just let us, how's it, what's it going on in Passaic in terms of COVID and, and teaching? Yeah, it, it was, it was something else. I mean, I, 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 re, I remember the email. I got it on a Sunday evening and it was like, clear your calendar for the week. I was like, oh my goodness. And by that Friday, um, I think we all kind of figured, okay, um, I, I, yeah, I think we're not going to go back for, in my head, two weeks. Yep. So, um, what we did was like, you know, actionably it, it was tough, right? Because as soon as we went at that point, um, there were a lot of unknowns, right? So I would tell you for the instrumental program, you know, I think a lot of the teachers were saying, oh, take your instrument home and practice. So some students did that and some students didn't. Um, so what we did was we really had to work really hard to try to connect with students because we didn't know who had devices, who had yep. internet. Like, there were a lot of pieces. So instrumentally for the high school program, we actually wind up going to an online program that was we typically used for, for credit recovery. And we really did a focus on music history because um, we didn't have, stu some students just didn't have the access to the internet. So we couldn't require them to be online when you don't have the tool. Right. Um, and so, you know, it, from an urban district's perspective, we really wanted to focus a lot on equity and access. And so our philosophy is to do no educational harm. Um, and so we said, okay, we're going to give you guys this device um, or we're going to give you the program, get on it when you can. Um, and teachers checked in with students on a daily basis. Um, and, you know, I have to give it to my high school's teachers. They, they were rock stars. They really connected with students because as a city, Passaic did have significant impact from COVID-19. Um, and we had students who lost students. Um, of some one family member or had at least someone impacted by um, the virus. We had some students who lost multiple family members, some lost parents. Wow. So we really wanted to make sure that we came from a social emotional learning perspective of, are you okay? Is your family safe? Do you have, you know, are you safe? Do you have food? What are your basic needs? Okay. Now, educationally, how can we support you through that? And that's what, you know, the amazing teaching staff did. Um, so we, we wanted to make sure we, we hit on that. For our younger students, again, we knew that they may or may not have had the issues. And of course, without us physically in person to speak and talk with each other, you know, it was the challenge of trying to make sure we reached families and, and made those connections and make sure everybody's just good and safe. So what we actually did was we came up with these um, weekly challenges because our program K-8 sees each other once a week. And so the weekly challenges was really applying some of the skills that we know that we had went over um, from September to March and having them do these challenges and submitting these challenges with their teachers. And so 
it actually worked out pretty good. We had some interesting things where students were doing stuff with note values. Um, some students were doing genre studies um, or, or even artist studies. And we did a lot with trying to connect with families because we knew everyone was home. Yep. So we would give a challenge and say, okay, interview your, um, a family member and tell us what their favorite musical style is, what they like, why they liked it, who are those artists, what did they bring to the table? And so we found that students really had the opportunity to kind of get to know people better in their own home. And then that information we use to help to build our genre-based curriculum because we're like, okay, kids. Oh, wow. So we, we tried to tie it in. It was, it was wacky. Like I'm sure it was wacky for everyone, but you know, we really just focused on trying to connect with students and give them something. That was our, our, our piece. And you know, it wasn't perfect, but um, I think we did the best we could under the circumstances. Um, September now, very different, but, um, but even more impactful, I think. Yeah. So uh, Latasha, why don't you tell, I mean, you're, you're bringing music first to Passaic. Why don't you tell us, you know, what your plans are, what you, what you've actually uh, brought in and, and, and kind of the very early reaction. Sure. So <laughs> it's interesting. So, um, you know, I brought it in in the spring and kind of started talking about the idea. And I, I have to be honest with you, I'm absolutely astounded. My, my team was really excited. Oh, they were good. like, this is incredible. This is awesome. Um, so they were really happy about the option. So what we decided to do is we brought in music first in the area that we thought would be impacted the most, which is our instrumental and ensemble-based programs. Right. So we were really concerned because if we can't be together, right, and then there's a lot of information and there's people's opinions about aerosols in the air, um, I was just like, this is a great way for us to work on foundational skills, get players to be strong, know their, um, their, their basics, and we can move from there. And um, so we're using music first for our concert band, uh, modern band, orchestral, and choral programs. And so the teachers now are getting it set up. You know, they're, 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 it's a slow go, right? Yep. They're, they're adjusting because honestly, I would say this is the first time that we've really connected technology beyond substitution as an intricate part of our instructional plan. So they're adjusting. Um, and so we are setting all the up. We've had the platform set up that some of the teachers um, have already completed the certificate program. Many are continuing. And we're beginning to start to introduce students to the possibilities that Music First are going to help us um, achieve, especially because we're going to be together but yet apart. So um, we have students, um, the teachers are going through with all the resources that are available there and starting to assign um, projects to students so that students have some more control about how they grow and learn as a musician. And I think that's what's the most exciting part for me is that students now have, are in the driver's seat with us, like we're co-driving together yeah. and saying, hey, if I want to learn this instrument and I want to master it. And my goal is to be at level two because we're, we're trying to establish levels of playing in our district. I can do that. And so here's the path that I could go. And then it allows the teacher to personalize the instruction because of course, you know, every trumpet one is not going to be at the same level. Absolutely. If wants to go, they can go, we can send them on. And I think, you know, that's what the teachers are kind of 
grappling with right now. Um, and, you know, with the setup and of course, you know, we're distance learning. We're a hundred percent virtual at this point. Um, so oh, wow. all, so no, uh, no in-person whatsoever. No in-person. So the teachers are getting used to the speed of that. Um, and we operate from about eight till two, um, pretty much every day and students go to each class. So we're adjusting to that. We're in now our, we're almost in our, our, our the second week of, of full learning. And, you know, we're just really trying to make sure that students understand our platforms, make sure that they're solid, and now start talking about the content because we figure that if they don't understand the platform, then, the, you know, what we're trying to get them to teach, they're going to be distracted. So really trying to go slow and steady and make sure that the students can be successful with it. But the team seems really excited. Um, I think they have lots of questions, which is okay, because it's, brand new and i think you know for the first time in forever right they haven't they can't rely on oh yeah i remember what i did yeah we we haven't really been doing this so yeah, exactly <laughs> we have to connect and so helping them also become more familiar with the platform and also how to you know balance that with google and canvas and all you know all these these programs so um i think it's been a great learning experience but i feel like i'm so happy that I feel like music first for me is the way to preserve my my ensembles program and i was concerned about that definitely earlier on in the spring uh, that's great to hear latasha let me let me ask you has the district administration given you guys any idea when you might be back in person learning or is that kind of a totally tbd kind of thing so um, the way that they made the our board made the decision that um they're going to reassess in october Okay. And so um, right now we're in phase one. And so phase one for us goes into November 1st. So it's our understanding that we'll have more information by, I would say, mid to the end of October. And then we'll be, by that board meeting, they'll, they'll share if we're going to remain 100% um, remote or if we'll be moving to phase two where we're going to have a hybrid uh, program. So, I mean, it, it's different. And, you know, some people, you know, it's, some people want to go, some people don't want to go. Um, and some kids love it. Some kids don't. Um, you know, I, as I tell the team all the time, you know, our goal is to just operate from a place of grace, grace oh, for parents, yep. grace for your children, grace for ourselves. I mean, this has never been done. Um, nobody's going to be perfect at it. The decisions that are going to be made might be great today and not so great tomorrow. Just be graceful and understanding because we're all trying to make this work as best as possible and make sure our kids get good, solid instruction along the way. Very, very well said. Um, so I know you mentioned this a little bit, but is it, are the students, um, you know, being in a completely virtual environment for kids, especially in an urban environment in, you know, kind of urban New Jersey, mm -hmm. um, has the district, and forgive me if you already said this, but is the district gone and like, how, how are they making sure that every kid is, is able to access that learning? You know, you know, talking about equity issues and devices and. Sure. Uh, so our district really, you know, they stepped up to the plate. You know, I give it up to our, our board of education, our superintendent, Pablo Munoz, um, our assistant superintendent, Jeffrey Trupo, like, and even my director, Laura Delgado, like, they made sure that they went and invested, and they got a, a Chromebook for every student. Wow. And 
students come if they need to pick it up they come pick it up we have it if they need it fixed they fix it we have an incredible technology team um led by um Emmanuel Techlu, like everyone has really put, when I mean boots to the ground, they have made it work. And we're out there and they're they're giving out tech still. If a parent says they need it, they're they're doing that. And, and we're trying to make sure that everyone has the access because if there's anything we want to make sure doesn't happen, we don't want to lose a, a child because they didn't have the access. That's, That's right. not I mean equitable. When this whole thing first happened, uh, I've been a lifelong advocate for, for eliminating the digital divide. And actually one of the main thrusts behind the music first uh, whole idea was tr like, how do we get the best technology for the, 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 the most inexpensive price into ha hands of every kid, no matter where they're from. So to hear that Passaic has done incredible uh, work uh, just a, what an amazing commitment to make sure be, that these kids have access, because that was my very first fear of all, is that if ever there was a digital divide, making every kid go virtual, in fact, making every teacher go virtual, what about the kids who, and the teachers, for that matter, that don't have this stuff at home? So it's just the commitment, uh, uh, you know, my hat's off to your, uh, to your school board and to your school leadership for doing that. It, there are a whole bunch of other cities that are grappling with it. Some are doing a great sure. job. Some have room for improvement, but it's nice to hear uh, the Passaic's doing a, a really fantastic job with that. Yeah, they've worked hard. They've worked hard. I mean, I call it the summer that never was. <laughs> uh, our, our, our truth, absolute truth right there. So, you know um, but. You know, at least we're, I feel like we're in a better place. It's not perfect, but, you know, we're in a better place and we're, we're, we're doing everything we can to reach the needs of our students, um, even though, you know, we're not together in the physical sense in our buildings. Right. So a couple of quick questions and then we'll, we'll wrap things up, Latasha. The um, first is the teachers themselves. Um, you know, what are you doing in terms of, of training uh, with them? Are they, are, you know... I'm sure they have lots of questions. I know that I personally have spent a, a little bit of time with them, but but not just music first, but in general, what what mm -hmm. kind of resources or what kind of training are the teachers getting? So it's it's been a, a tough go, right? Absolutely. Trying to get folks on. Um, so I really started this last year because you know, listen, in the spring, I didn't know what was going to happen in the fall. I right. really didn't. So I, I like to do worst case scenarios. <laughs> so Me too. Absolutely. worst case scenario is we're not going in. So right. I started with PD with the team. We actually started meeting once a week in March um, just to say, hi, are, are you okay? Is yep. your family okay? Like, where are you at? Because it, it was, listen, it was an emotional roller coaster for everyone because life as we knew it had instantly changed. So I wanted to make sure people were good first. And so what we would do is we take that time and do a lot of conversating and talking. Um, and we talked a lot about programs, what our program was looking like, what we felt it needed to go and gave everybody space and, you know, voice to kind of share what they thought we should or shouldn't be doing. Um, and so in those sessions, we started talking a lot about these platforms. So we started educating them about here's Google Meet, here's Google Classroom, learn about it. I don't know if we're going to use it. Uh, probably we will. So if you learn <laughs> it, uh, then you'll know. And then in the summer, what I did was I offered a couple of sessions too. And it was all voluntarily. Like, if you want to bop in, bop in. Call me. I'll sit with you. Like, I have one teacher. She's awesome. She was like, I don't get new Google Meet and I don't know how it works. And I was like, it's okay. 
And I had another teacher sit with her. Now she's teaching it. Right. <laughs> it's of course. awesome. You know, so we're really like committed to that. And then now what I'm doing is, you know, we run an active Google classroom. And what I do a lot of it is I share a lot of resources with the teachers. And then we also have had like a couple of different days of PD. We have PD coming up in October. And then I try to offer myself as a resource to the team because sometimes it's a global thing that as a district we need but a lot of times it's not it's that individual one-on-one -on -one or three-on-one conversation about this one aspect so I just kind of been really providing information about how to teach virtually and how it's a little bit different than in-person teaching and really making sure pedagog pedagogically they understand that. And then of course, we need to work on your access and your ability to maneuver through the tools. Yep. And then more importantly, really focusing a lot on our SEL because you know we, I'm worried about kids. Like I'm, I, I know I have three children at home and my children are in middle school and they're great, but they are not the same people. And as they were on March 12th, right. um, you know, and really making sure that we are using the power of music to allow children to have voice to express themselves because we just don't know where people are or what type of loss they've experienced. Like, and it's, it's not a written thing. It's, you know, of course, you know, if somebody hears that, oh, a parent has passed, we know that. But what if you lost like aunts and uncles and your neighbors and, you know, cousins and maybe they don't live here? Like just to really focus on teachers making sure that they're operating from thinking with all those lenses. And that's hard. It's not easy. And I just every day I call people too. Hey, are you okay? Do you need anything? I, I don't think that can be overstated. Um, and and when I the when this whole thing went down, I did a series of webinars like right in the middle of March. And Latasha, the literally the three main things I was talking about is you have no idea what the students are dealing with at home. So don't like I whenever I see on Facebook teachers like, Can you believe this? My students didn't show up today. No, <laughs> that that's not the way to look at it. Your right. job is to say, why didn't they show up? Are you okay? I you have no clue what's going on in these kids' lives. What, you know, if they've lost mm -hmm. parents, if they if they've lost siblings, loved yes. ones, you have no idea, and you don't know, have any idea what the parents are going through. I know that I'm sh I'm sure you would agree that it's Passaic is no different than the wealthiest towns in New Jersey. Yeah. Parents are unemployed. They're stressed. Absolutely, they're having to work at home with their children working in the, in a different room and saying, oh. "Be quiet." You yeah. know, I, I, I don't think it be, can be overstated enough that teachers need your, I like the word grace a lot, that, that it needs to be rather than what are, what are these kids doing wrong and, and how come they're not doing what I want them to do? Right. Change it and say, all right, well, how do I get, how do I get in touch with these kids? How do I make sure they're okay? And, and how can we harness this incredible subject that we all love mm -hmm. uh, to try to bring a little bit of, of, of uh, hope to their lives? Because I think that music is a very therapeutic thing. Yes. I know I've been listening to it nonstop for the last six and a half months because it is an emotional roller coaster times 10. So I, I think what you just said, Latasha, is extremely important. And I hope that all the listeners took notes on that one because it's, it's something that everybody should be doing. It shouldn't be just yeah. unique to Passaic. And, you know, I think the other part, too, is like also be generous. Listen, I'm a former school leader. Be generous with your school leaders, too. Like, I, 
listen, it was, it was, it was a rough summer. There's no better. It was rough. And they're trying to manage it and keep it together too. Like there are so many, we all need grace. Parents need grace. Like there's so much, I mean, if you are, have a home that's stable and you know, your income wasn't impacted, um, you're absolutely amazingly lucky. There are so many, you know, people forget, like, it's one thing. What did they say? Most people are one paycheck away from it all crumbling. Oh, absolutely. That's so relevant and true. And I know we want them in class. Yes, we need them to be there on time. We we want all that, right? But sometimes, and I always remember, uh, you're not responsible for yourself until you're 18 and living on your own. So anything below 18, Oftentimes, what happens is a product of someone else's choice or decision. Very well said. Yeah, I don't think there, I I did my um, uh, supervision certification in New Jersey, and uh, there was never a course that I can recall that says, what do you do if the entire world stops and you can't be a person anymore? (laughs) Just like... Or I don't, I don't ever remember hearing the word pandemic until, until this whole thing started. Anyway, so I can go on and on. So uh, two more questions for you, and then we got to wrap up, unfortunately, Latasha. The first Mm -hmm. one is advice. Now you are a program leader. Um, I would love to know you. I mean, you've given plenty, but I'd love to know if you could could, uh, distill it all down. What advice would you give to music teachers that are listening right now that are just lost and, and, and don't know what to do? Uh, first thing I would tell you <laughs> is reach out. I mean, there, like, I, I'm a, a big social media person mm-hmm. um, because I learned so much <laughs> on yep. social media. Like, there are, like, all the platforms. Pick your, your platform of choice. Um, there's groups. There are these small groups. And I have to tell you, I have learned more about Bitmojis and, <laughs> you know, like, and resources and approaches. Um, I would say the first thing is if you're lost, take a minute and take a breath and, and say it's okay. It's okay to be lost. It's okay that you don't know. Um, this is different and we're going to work through it, right? The second thing I would say is reach out and try to find a good resource. Um, If you're into social media, I would tell you completely go on any of the platforms. Um, My two favorite platforms are Facebook and Twitter. And there are amazing groups in both that you can participate in. People are sharing resources. People are giving resources like, hey, I did this. Try it. Use it. So I would tell you to totally do that. Um, And I would say even like there's so many parents who are having these classroom pods, they call them. So teachers, you should have like a think tank pod of people who um, can help you out. And maybe if you just divide the work up, it would be so much easier than trying to feel like you have to have the weight of the shoulders on your, um, you know, on yourself alone. So I would tell you to totally reach out. Um, And then I think most importantly, let's get to the basics. So you're not going to get 40 minutes with your kids, right? So that might not be your situation. So if it's not, what is the essence? Uh, Somebody said um, in an article that I read, all your lessons should be a TED talk. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. So do that. Like make your lessons that TED talk. It's like completely concentrated, super focused so that when students walk out, you're going to have them build on their learning. So I think that would be the most important thing. And then more importantly, give the children voice. You know, you don't have to do the work. I always say that to my teachers that whoever's doing the most talking is doing the most learning. (laughs) 
If you're talking, you need to be quiet. (laughs) Let them talk. They have so much. They know so much. And I have to tell you, as a parent, I've learned that this uh, during this pandemic. I have three children. I have uh, two children that are 11 and one that's 12. And I learned so much from them during this time when I was home that you know, we're running, we're busy, everybody's in a thousand things. And, you know, those things kind of came to a halt. Allow your students to share. Their voice is amazing. And think about in the last six months, how much has happened between the pandemic and Black Lives Matter and summer has occurred and summer was kind of summer, but it really wasn't summer. And, And now we're in fall. And what does that mean in the future? And people have passed. Some people don't know a person who's had COVID. Like, what does it mean to be home? Am I lonely? Um, am I feeling disconnected? There's so much amazing, you know, things that we can do to connect to those four anchor standards. Like, though, I mean, oh my God, the artistic, like you could go crazy with the artistic processes and let kids create and, and, and compose and connect. Like it is powerful. So I would say one, breathe. Two, make sure that you reach out. Three, make sure you give that short TED Talk uh, lesson. And then most importantly, four, let those kids talk. Let yeah. them talk. Let them connect. And, it, and it'll be okay. And guess what? It's not going to be perfect. And you may or may not have a concert. And it's only one year. Yep. <laughs> I hear you. So, uh, ab, ab, fantastic. I'm just sitting here cheering on everything you say, Latash. So final question that I ask for every guest uh, or of every guest is if you had a magic wand and could change something either about music first or music technology in general, uh, what would it be? Oh boy. I don't know. Wait, okay. Music first or music technology? Hmm. Okay. You know what I would say? All right. Let's see. I would love to see that students coming, like that we train music teachers and musicians to understand that technology should be completely infused in all we do, no matter what we do. Oh, I am standing ovation right now. I I have fought my entire career that NASM include a, a mandatory class for all undergraduate music ed students that they take a technology integration course. I mean, this is, uh, this is ridiculous. And, you know, and I have to be honest with you, as a person, I, I interview, I hire people all the time. And, well, my, like, I mean, when I tell, not even elementary um, exposure. So, like, to me, um, if I said, if I could make the, the, the magic wand, it would be two things. Inclusivity and music education mm-hmm. through the means of technology. Inclusivity means that music didn't stop being made in 1940. It is inclusive. Hip hop is music. Yep. Jazz is music. R and B is music. Pop is music. And listen, it's so funny to me because people are like, you know, well, that's not really music, really, because that's it what's is. out there, <laughs> and it's making money. And listen, and it's important to our children. And if it's important to them, it is important to us. Yep. And we've got to change it. And I got to tell you, it was an overhaul with this curriculum. We worked every day for four hours a day for four months and I and they're still working the team that I, I have they're still working but we're seeing kids connect and eyes light up we're seeing it we've got to get to that point because we've got to have kids see it because I got to tell you as a as a content we need all the help we can get yep 
Absolutely. We need to celebrate everything. So if we could do that, I think my magic wand would be amazing. World peace would be great. And everybody would be dancing and singing and it would be great. Latasha, you're, you're fabulous. I really thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and I am sure that everybody listening did as well. Thank you so much and all my best for a great, uh, you know, as best possible school year of music making in Passaic this year. Thank you. Oh, thank you. It's going to be awesome. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.